Chapter thirty of Geographical Reader Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter thirty Hungary and the Hungarians. We take the steamer at seven o'clock in the morning and have an all day ride down the Danube to Budapest, the capital of Hungary. Our ship is as comfortable as that in which we sailed up the Rhine. It is crowded with peasants on the two lower decks but we are above in the first class and have plenty of room we take our camp stools out under the awnings which have been stretched over the steamer and make notes of the scenery as we steam on our way the river widens as we leave vienna branching out into great arms embracing islands covered with woods we pass gardens orchards and vineyards in which men women and children are working and steam on by quaint villages where the boys stand on the banks and cry out salutations in german to us as we go by after a few hours we pass out of austria and enter hungary one of the richest countries in europe it is more than fifteen times as big as massachusetts and almost the whole of it has excellent soil the northern part where we enter the kingdom is hilly we pass through the little carpathian mountains where the danube has cut its way down to the great plains which lie just below now we are stopping at pressburg a little city with a ruined castle standing on the hill high above it this town is noted in hungarian history for generations the kings were crowned in one of its churches and its parliament sat in that castle there on the hill at one time when it was sitting maria theresa queen of hungary and a claimant of the austrian throne was attacked by several of the great nations of europe the young queen so it is said appeared before the parliament with her little baby boy in her arms she held the boy out before her and appealed to the members to aid her in maintaining his rights she was so beautiful and so brave and so eloquent that she carried the parliament by storm the nobles arose and cried out we will die for our queen the brave maria theresa they fought for her and it was through their help that she succeeded in holding her own from pressburg we steam rapidly southward passing many more towns and villages there are railroads all along the banks of the danube and the region seems to have a great population as we approach budapest we ride for miles through densely populated suburbs before coming to anchor at the stone quays we are surprised at budapest we knew it was the capital of hungary but it seemed so out of the way that we had not thought of it as one of the most beautiful cities of europe indeed in many respects it is finer than vienna although it is much smaller the city lies on both banks of the danube six great bridges have been built across from one side to the other and there is a suspension bridge which makes us think of our bridges at cincinnati and niagara falls we ask why a city has grown up at this point and are told that budapest lies at the northern end of the great hungarian plain where the highlands begin and that its situation on the danube makes it the best supply place and shipping place for this rich agricultural region we see many large steam flour mills on the banks of the river with hundreds of vessels and barges beside them loading and unloading flour and grain budapest is the minneapolis of europe it is one of its chief milling centers for there are vast wheat fields all around it and hungarian wheat is of such excellent quality that bakers will pay the highest price for its flour 
budapest is so situated that it has naturally become a great railroad centre we can get through express trains from here to paris and constantinople and there are lines connecting us with all other parts of the hungarian kingdom and with every other section of europe the city has also grown because it has been the capital of the many millions of the hungarian people and because it is the centre of their social life and manufactures commerce and trade we land in budapest on the left bank of the river the town on the right bank is called buda and that on the left pest the two now forming one city the towns were for a long time separate buda being the older indeed buda was an important place in the time of the romans and it has still the palace of the king with this exception it is of no great importance for pest has outstripped it having by far the greater part of the half million people who live in the two towns it is in pest that the chief buildings are situated and there we find all the large stores the best residences and the great government buildings we walk from the boat to our hotel the streets are wide and well kept they are paved with asphalt and now in the dusk of the early evening we see electric lights in long lines while between them electric cars are flying in both directions budapest was the first of the capitals of europe to introduce electric railroads and we can ride in electric cars under the streets in tunnels which have been made for the purpose our hotel is on franz joseph square not far from the river the long steamboat ride has made us quite hungry and we appreciate the meal which is served in hungarian fashion everything is well cooked and the food is delicious the band plays as we eat and the small fee we give at the close of the meal makes the waiters address us with respect and ensures us good service thereafter the custom of feeing is common in all the cities of europe the hotel waiters expect it but in budapest they are easily satisfied and there is no other place where one gets so much honor for so little money if you hand the man two kreutzers an amount equal to one of our cents he will address you as sir if you give him three cents he will probably call you your highness and for six cents you can be elevated to the rank of the nobility we spend some time in budapest it is a gay city with many theatres concert halls and garden cafes where the people sit out of doors and partake of refreshments while they listen to the music we go to margaret island one afternoon and eat our supper under the trees while the gypsy band plays this island is the chief pleasure ground of budapest it makes us think of the prater in vienna for there are many peep shows concerts and merry-go-rounds we enjoy ourselves in strolling along the fine drives and watching the children play on the grass it is funny to see the babies carried around by their nursemaids on pillows each little one is pinned down under a white muslin cloth so that it cannot raise its arms or even kick very high the babies wink and blink as we look at them and sometimes one cries out in fright at the strange americans returning to the city we take a drive through the wide andrassy road a boulevard more than two miles in length lined with magnificent palaces and villas surrounded by gardens we visit the parliament houses the markets and the great picture galleries budapest has public libraries a university containing more than four thousand students and all sorts of schools including kindergartens for children of from three to six years the schools of budapest are conducted in the magyar language but in many parts of hungary 
other languages are used there are seventeen different peoples living in hungary each of which has its own dialect so that it is difficult for even a hungarian to make himself understood in all parts of his country there are magyars slovaks rumanians bulgarians servians germans jews gypsies and many others the magyars are the ruling race and they own the richest parts of the country they originally came from asia but centuries ago made their way up the danube and settled in hungary they are a very brave people patriotic and strong proud and hospitable they are fond of titles and children are taught to show great respect to their elders as well as to one another on ceremonial occasions a child addresses his father as mr father and its mother as mrs mother the oldest brother is then called mr elder brother and the oldest sister miss elder sister while the younger members of the family may be miss younger sister and mr younger brother the better classes of the magyars are well educated the rich dress in costly clothing the court costume of the men being a satin jacket embroidered with gold tight-fitting breeches and top boots with spurs to which are added a belt of gold and a fur cap sometimes ornamented with precious stones the dress of the peasants of hungary varies with the locality we see strangely clad people in the markets of budapest and we shall meet others at almost every port as we go on down the danube it seems queer to see women wearing top boots but we grow accustomed to this long before we leave hungary the women of many sections have on boots of green red and other bright colored leathers which reach almost to their knees they wear short skirts and often have tight-fitting waists of different colors and aprons which are beautifully embroidered they seldom wear bonnets and frequently have nothing at all on their heads in some places their hair is braided into one long plate interwoven with ribbons which are tied in a bow at the end the dress of the peasant men is as odd as that of the women one costume consists of a jacket with silver or nickel buttons a bright red waistcoat with white linen sleeves of great width and wide fringed drawers which are embroidered with red and green and tucked into high top boots in the winter many of the peasants wear sheepskin coats with the wool inside and in the summer they sometimes have similar coats with the wool showing in the carpathian mountains are the slovaks whose dress is somewhat like the magyars but not so neat they wear the top boots and wide short trousers but instead of a waistcoat they have a broad yellow belt a yard wide covered with buttons coins and other ornaments these people have large hats and woolen coats of white embroidered in red and green the women plait ribbons in their hair and then tie it up around their heads the gypsies have their peculiar costume and so have the people of nearly every other hungarian tribe End of chapter thirty